Elizabeth, calm down. I can't. This makes yes, me so upset, Barbara. We have to go on, and we have to learn how to discuss these things in some sort of rational way. What the fuck? I, only hear I am not going to get reprimanded. On. No, it's not okay to sit there and get reprimanded on the air. You know what? This woman's driving me nuts. You say what the fuck? I talk so all the time. And quitting. So goodbye. I've always wanted to do a podcast with different women who have different points of view. Or just like a show where I force people to talk about the view with me. Is the world flat? Yes. I'll call it Deja the View. I, I never thought about it, Whoopi. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Straight Talk with Ross Matthews. How you doing? <laughs> Hello, Marie. You Hi, look Kevin. Very wonderful. You had a hair appointment tonight. I did. Looking I asked blonde. for the serenades special. That's right. As I always do. <laughs> and I too am going through a change as I have been prescribed glasses officially. <laughs> The library is open. Yeah. Finally. It's really exciting for me. When I was away on hiatus for two months, I was yeah. having um, dizzy spells. <laughs> and I diagnosed myself with vertigo because uh-huh. I Googled dizzy spells and it was like, you have vertigo. Yeah. And I thought I was Liza Minnelli from Rest of Development. Oh and then my mom told me that I should get my eyes checked. Mm-hmm. So I went yesterday and I did. And. I need glasses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was really fun though. To get your eyes done? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I had had my eyes done. Great. Well, you look amazing. (laughs) There's like zero recovery time. You You look fantastic. I can't tell. Um, I know that we did one episode before this one, but because I was so sick and like so hopped up on cold and sinus pills and my voice was almost unrecognizable, it was like, Elizabeth Holmes' voice. No, it wasn't listening that back. Dramatic. Okay, well, listening back, I thought it was. Anyway, I feel like this is our first episode back. Oh wow! For me, you're mentally back. Yes, physically back. Guess who's back in the house? Me. <laughs> yeah. Well, my eyes are open, and it's not just from the eye drops the doctor gave me. I've been watching the view very closely. There's been so much media attention on the view lately because of of course the elizabeth hasselback audio that was leaked from variety from the latest punch author um that was like so heavily talked about um it was like every uh every mainstream news outlet decided to be deja the view for a couple of weeks and you know what that's fine let them let them sweat it out. Yeah, it was totally know fine with me. Know how it feels. <laughs> yeah. But it's not just that. The view has gotten so much like, it's just like on trend right now. Yeah. Um, it's having a moment. And, as <laughs> and we, what a moment. 
What a moment for us all. I wanted to say one thing about Lisa Loeb is that I spent so much of my life, especially as a middle and high school student, being told that I looked like Lisa Loeb, that for her to be part of the clip of like the whole Elizabeth like audio and for her to be there during that moment, it felt like I was there. (laughs) Yeah. You were there. And that's my piece. (laughs) Should I tell people? What? I know what you're thinking. Yes, we did reach out to Lisa Loeb to ask to hear her side of the story. We tried. It will never stop trying. And we would love to hear from you, Lisa Loeb. Um, We promised that we would do a full book club when the Ladies Who Punch book came out. And we've got that coming for you later with our very special guest, Danny Pellegrino. Mm -hmm. He was absolutely the right person to do book club with on this topic as he is our soul sister in view fandom. And he was the other person other than Kevin who read it in one sitting. Right. Which we get into. So we're going to do a little book club later on. But before that, I think there are a few, (laughs) but before that, I think there are a few hot topics slash it's been a while since we deja the view yeah you know so. you know in the words of miss britney spears it's been a while <laughs> so here's a, <laughs> so here's what you missed on glee <laughs> it's been a while since we had a proper friday episode where they just kiki and <laughs> They did no politics. They mm. were trying to make it to hiatus without any screaming fit. They literally locked the doors yeah. and had a kiki. Yeah. And so the number one thing that they talked about was Wendy Williams' divorce because she has officially filed for divorce mm. from her husband, Kevin Hunter. What mm. is the deal with him, Marie? Why is he bad? Well, I, okay. Well, they mentioned this on The View, and this part I didn't know was that a pr- Apparently, in Wendy's book, she reveals that he first cheated on her or was unfaithful to her knowledge um, right after the birth of their son, Kevin Jr. (laughs) And me. Yeah. (laughs) You. I know this is really uncomfortable for you to talk about, but I respect you for powering through it. Um, And that is... Maybe not a great sign. But anyway, recently it's been really bad because his alleged mistress, which people are more commonly accepting as not so alleged and more just like his mistress, gave birth, I think it was like two Mondays ago. And that was the day that Wendy had a really bad day um, and left the sober house. And the NYPD and her family had to like locate her. Right. Allegedly? Or that's where it's at. Well, that's what happened. I'm saying alleged mistress, but like, yeah. No, I mean, she left the sober house. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, she, yeah, she left the sober house. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a, lo- I'm not a lawyer, <laughs> Kevin. I'm just asking if you're speculating on what Oh, happened. no, that's what, that was the report. Okay. The report or that I read online from like page six was that she had left the sober house and the NYPD and her family had to find her that, oh. that day that okay. his mistress gave birth. So it was like a really bad day. And then she went back to work right after. So like 
the thing with her is she's like a workaholic so even when she's going through all of the stuff she'll always like Power show up through. to work yeah yeah um so that happened and everyone was like really against kevin not you but <laughs> other kevin it's okay i can take it um and it was like i think i'm not even a huge fan of hers but i think like the feeling was like end it like this is getting so ugly and it's making it got to the point where it was making her look bad right well megan mccain said on the view that she cried when she heard that wendy was um going to the sober house because yeah and i I think like the big question on everyone's lips is that (laughs) now that wendy is like a big hot topic in um you know like tabloid world does that mean that Wendy has to talk about her personal life on the show now? Well, here's the thing. Wendy previously said, Ari, her marriage, don't ask me about it or don't question it until I take my ring off. And then last week she took her ring off. So I think that, um, although it's really uncomfortable to talk about, I kind of think that she will address it. Or even by the time this comes out, like she might've already talked about it. I think that the way that she talked about the sober house, we'll see like a similar thing with her talking about this. Mm -hmm. I feel that she doesn't have to talk about it, but I understand why everyone thinks that she should. But Mm -hmm. someone raised a good point to me last night, which is that, um, because she already came out and was honest about the sober house, she's opened the door to talking about her personal yeah. life. So now she has to talk about her husband. And if she hadn't already talked about the sober house, then maybe she wouldn't have to. But yes, but I think what what people like about Wendy is that she is capital R real. If she hadn't talked about the sober house, if she hadn't, if she doesn't talk about this even just a little bit, even all she needs to do is like raise her hand up. And do like a no ring and people will clap mm-hmm. for seven minutes and mm-hmm. be like, yeah, we get it. That's I, all she needs to do. And I think that that is what she will do. What I liked seeing was the passion from the view co-hosts on a topic that wasn't about Trump. Yes. Because they all, they all came out in support of Wendy. Mm-hmm. Um, Megan, so passionate, uh, saying that she came up with some of Wendy's people. She yeah. was like, hi, Goose. In radio. Yeah. yeah. I worked in radio for a long time and I actually had Hi Goose, her old sound engineer, worked on my show and she was, that's his name. Sunny revealing that she used to be on Wendy's radio show as her legal eagle. Yeah. Like, wow, okay. I've known Wendy for a long time because I was her legal eagle on her radio show. Um, everyone was so invested in this yeah. topic and I don't think I've ever seen them this invested in a pop culture topic. And it's clear that this guy was only bad for her. I gotta yeah. say, I love Wendy Williams. We are rooting for you. We yeah. hope that you come back and that you feel and good. shame on him. Who is he to do right. all of that nonsense? <laughs> I mean, really? All right. But I did think that they approached it in like a really nice way. And it's true, it sucks getting like divorced or whatever, like it sucks because as they mentioned on The View, Kevin is like co-owner of her company, company co or executive producer of her show like he he's her business manager it's like he's so ingrained in who she is business wise Mm -hmm. that it like really sucks for her yeah i yeah and i guess it's like how do we continue with the show is it still going to be the wendy williams show will it end will it have to will wendy have to like 
buy out yeah or the- rebrand sunny was like why doesn't she like maybe she'll have to rebrand as the wendy show or the hey how you doing show oh my god i would love the hey how you doing show <laughs> i don't think i don't think um anything's gonna change i think probably she'll just keep doing the show even though he's an executive producer i guarantee yeah. you she'll just plow through it until he leaves on his own accord i that is the ideal scenario for everyone (laughs) lest we have another fainting spell yeah so that topic it was like a resounding they all agreed yeah we hope that wendy works out well that was a great moment for the view this week because they all agreed (laughs) and the other thing that was really (laughs) dominating the news everybody was talking about this nearly fight between joy behar and megan mccain um, so this is one of those things where I um, am not an expert on, but I basically my understanding is um, Kirsten Nielsen was like the face of um, separating babies and children from their families yeah, at the border. She was the head of like border. I don't want to say border security, but it was like the head of like the border Homeland Security. Yeah. She was, yeah. And last week, there was a sudden announcement that she was no longer going to be the head of Homeland Security. Um, and she said that she resigned, but other people are saying that she was pushed out by another man named Stephen Miller, who's yeah. apparently even tougher on the border than she was. Yeah. And, and she was very, very tough. And Stephen Miller, to remind everyone, like, he kind of disappeared within the Twitter, like, Trump talk, but. You'll remember him as like the guy who looks like he's a vampire, but he's actually only like 32 years old, but he looks like an 85 year old vampire. And he used to be, he is, he's been in the like Trump, he's been in the whole scene for a while now. He kind of disappeared, probably went to Transylvania. Now he's back to talk border again. Right. So the discussion on The View is like, what do you make of that? Is he going to be tougher? Was Kirsten fired? Like, why did she, why is it so such a mysterious leaving? And like her leaving, everyone clapped in the audience when they announced that she had resigned or whatever. Um, But then Joy was like, well, maybe hold that applause because, and it's true. It's like, she was bad. So people are happy that she's out. But what is coming could There's be worse. a big chance and probably yes that it'll it will be significantly worse. And like how much worse can you get than separating children from Well, their that's family? the thing. Is like it can get a lot worse. Yeah. So like it to me it sounds like I'm probably siding with Sunny on this. But they get into it. Um Megan talks for a long time. She makes some points where she's saying um for anyone saying that the, there's no crisis at the border. You need to wake up and realize that for a lot of Americans, that's their number one issue. This is a hard line issue for people who live in border states. Many friends of mine, this is the number one and only issue. And if we sit here and act like there isn't a crisis, that it's just it's crazy people living in border states that think that there's a crisis at but like, a winning like ticket for said. Trump. Yeah, she makes like a good point there. I will say, um, but she she has lots of time to make her point. Then Joy mm-hmm. decides to make her rebuttal. And um, as soon as Joy starts talking, I think Joy's point was like, 
maybe if we like helped other countries with their own issues Mm -hmm. they wouldn't need to come to our country and her point was also that people who come who come to the united states um they have the right to do like if they're coming under what's it called uh, when they're coming under asylum yeah they have the right to that's like that they're totally allowed to do that but trump has been trying to spin it as if they're not like as if it's illegal to do that mm-hmm. so i think that's the point that joy was trying to make but here's where it pops off <laughs> is that joy starts talking and um megan starts to interrupt her and joy says just listen to me i listen to you now let me speak mm-hmm and Megan flips her, literally <laughs> flips almost her as hair. in like slow motion. Yeah. Flips her hair <laughs> on her shoulder, slowly flips it like in, truly embodying Erica Jane in yeah. that moment and says, well, it's your job to listen to me. So yeah. this guy who's coming in wants to help those countries. That's mm-hmm. the way to solve the problem. Keep them there happy. Or whatever, solvent, give them a house, give them food, help them, help their children. Give a Nicaraguan a house. Stop the crime rates. Well, we've had a bunch of liberal guests who do not want to send in aid at all. I listen to you, let me just finish. (laughs) Yeah, part of your job is to listen to me. (laughs) Okay, so here's the deal. Someone's about to get smacked. Yeah. What Megan did is also what I do to the karaoke employees when they say you've tried to perform halo a cappella mm-hmm. mm-hmm. three times already tonight we're turning the microphones off as they're prying it from your hands and the joy look is the look that i give to anyone else at our karaoke parties when they try to sing yeah Whoopi, before it even gets into it Whoopi stops joy from smacking megan and says we're not going to do this today. Mm-hmm. Here's what's here's what's not going to happen today. We're not going to do this. Everybody gets a conversation piece. Everybody gets to say their piece. And we don't need to comment if we don't like what we're hearing. Just let folks talk. Yeah. So finish what you're saying. I forgot what it was now. All right. And ends it right there. Yeah, she like nipped it in the butt, which ne- almost never happens. Um, and she was like, we're not doing this today. You spoke and now you get to speak and we're mm-hmm. not interrupting people when they speak. And I am in no mood. Yeah. The internet exploded. I don't know how to, it's so hard to predict like why these things get traction because for me, that's the type of thing that happens on the view like all the time. But this yeah. one really resonated with people because a lot of people were saying like that was so disrespectful of Megan. Joy's been on the view for 22 years or whatever. Yeah. Etc. And then other people were being like, Joy's about to slap Megan. Ha ha ha. Like, so funny. And, you know. Yeah. Um, I love these moments because whenever something big like this happens, and like, especially online and on Twitter, it always shows to me who are like the closet view fans. Because people who never ever tweet about the view suddenly have jokes up the yin yang. Yeah. Out the yazoo. <laughs> So I have a theory of why this might have happened. Um, And I think it goes back to another hot topic that also had a bit of a spicy moment. And it was about Pete Buttigieg. Um, And this happened on the Friday before. And the topic was... Um, How he's a 
candidate that people are taking seriously. A rising star. He is a rising star in the Democratic Party, and people are actually starting to take his candidacy really seriously. And Joy was saying, like, yes, he is the first openly gay candidate. Um, historically, we haven't had an out candidate. Even though she kind of mused on who she thinks out of former presidents who mm-hmm. who gay now. <laughs> right. Which was kind of like this is what like why hasn't Joy Behar been on drunk history? Because like this yeah. was a, this was like she was drunk doing history. Yes. I'm just saying that we already might have had a gay president, President Buchanan. I'm just saying. Well, let me give you these facts, just so you decide. It doesn't matter if he was or he wasn't, but there is speculation. Before becoming President Buchanan, openly lived with a guy named William Rufus King for 16 years. King was Franklin Pierce's vice president, and he lived with this guy for 16 years. They lived together on and off all those years until King died from tuberculosis. This is my favorite part, though. Their peers knew about their relationship, and Andrew Jackson himself referred to him as Miss Nancy. (laughs) Okay? It was her Mm -hmm. scrolling through Facebook being like, who gay now? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, like, the the topic came out of a Wall Street Journal poll that said that, that the majority of Americans have no problem with a gay candidate. And then Joy said, but are they ready for a gay president? Mm -hmm. Um, So they're discussing... Pete, who just gay Twitter has just like ruined. (laughs) Like gay Twitter is not ready for a gay president. Let's just say that. Well, Megan was saying, (laughs) (laughs) Megan went through the list and was like, here are like, they've done a poll and here are the people who um, most Americans are most willing to accept as a president. The top of the list was like, straight male yeah yeah and then it was like um a straight woman and then i think like third or fourth was like and she said gay lesbian (laughs) so apparently i'm up yeah (laughs) yeah i'm not sure if that was the correct order of like what americans (laughs) want but all you need to know is like the third or fourth was like a gay gay lesbian lesbian. (laughs) so rachel maddow is like her chances are looking really good right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so wait, okay. So what, this is, why does this set the scene for the, um, the, it's your job to listen to me moment. It is because of this. Yeah. There's, I mean, it's interesting. This um, NBC Wall Street Journal poll talked about characteristics of voters find enthusiastic or they're comfortable with. They're top of the list, an African-American, second, a white man, uh, third, a woman, and fourth, gay lesbian. Mm-hmm. So it's not nearly as, as taboo as I think maybe old, old, old adages may have thought. Mm-hmm. What I also found fascinating at the very, very, very bottom, only 25% of Americans are comfortable with a socialist becoming president. That's the bottom of the list. Yeah. And also, I'm not sure if we mentioned, the whole point here is that Joy is moderating, Whoopi is not there. Yeah. And so Megan says they will not, Americans do not want a socialist as president. Mm-hmm. Joy says, well... I don't think they understand how we mean socialism in this context. And Sonny keeps saying democratic socialists. That's what you mean, Joy. Yes. And Megan is like, I, I, I'm not stupid. Yeah. I know what they mean. I know what it means. How many? So 25%. That's it. And well, when, like they, said, when they realize what that means, they'll get uh, them please, around. Uh, people are smart. Okay. So, so I'm just I. saying, do you know what's helping Pete boot it? So am I. 
So am I. But there's a difference okay, between disagree. socialist and democratic. You disagree socialist. that I'm smart? No, I disagree with the idea right. that socialism is a bad thing in the way they're describing well, it. Democratic socialism. The, yeah, the way they democratic describe it socialism. makes it sound like we're all going to be in Venezuela. It, well, if you listen to our uh, top view feuds mm -hmm. of 2018 episode, you'll know that there's no, that our number one feud was Joy and Megan debate socialism. Yeah. So it's no wonder that this is what made this triggered. It's coming up again. Yeah. Th yeah. This triggered our dear friend Megan mm -hmm. and and Joy and Joy and Joy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Whoopi wasn't there, and Megan says to Joy. I miss when Whoopi's here. That's not what it is. That's it. I mean, well, voters we have no more time. It, 2020. It's so, it just, this Some is other so day ridiculous. we'll discuss it. I but miss today... Whoopi when she's not here. Yeah. And that was... <laughs> and then she tongue-popped. She... <laughs> yeah. She, like, embodied the spirit of Alyssa Edwards and said, I miss when Whoopi's here. And that was the Friday before mm -hmm. the the fight or the like yeah. confrontation that everyone else is talking about. So my conspiracy theory is that on Monday, Whoopi PVR'd it, watched it over yeah. the weekend. And then she came back to work on Monday and said, you were dragging my name into this. What we're not going to do. Yeah. I think that Whoopi saw it and was like, I don't like the idea of, of Megan thinking that she can get, that she has like a free pass when I'm here or that even maybe Whoopi was like, I don't like the idea that like people are allowed to say whatever they want or like, I'm not mm -hmm. respected as a moderator or like joy or Whoopi is like torn between, um, Megan and joy. Yeah. And she's like, I don't like seeing the two of you fight and mm -hmm. don't drag me into this. And yes. she came back and she said, what we are not going to do today. And yeah. that's what I think happened. And that's just my tea. That's my conspiracy theory. And I think it's right. Well, we'll find out in the next book. <laughs> Speaking of book. Books, it is time for our book club with mm -hmm. Danny Pellegrino. He's the host of Everything Iconic. He's been on the show before. His podcast is thriving. He recaps Real Housewives and other reality shows like Lohan Beach Club. He's really he also, sweet. He's just, really nice. He talks about things in pop culture that people are obsessed with that no one else is really talking about. Mm -hmm. Like movies like Drop Dead Gorgeous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that, you know, just like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. He's He's got it. You want it, he's got it. Yeah, and he also uh, interviewed Ramin Satuta, the author of The Ladies' Who's Punch book. He was just the perfect person to discuss this book with. Just a great catch-up with Danny. One that I wasn't on Advil Cold and Sinus for. <laughs> Here it is. Um, so... We promised our listeners we would do a full-on book club when this book came out. <laughs> and we thought from two super fans to another, there is no one better to talk to than Danny Pellegrino, our oh. whole sister in the View world. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you both so much for having me. I love this book. And I all I want to talk about is this book. I don't want to talk about anything else for the rest of time because there was so much in it. <laughs> yes there it was definitely jam-packed um and the last time we talked to you your podcast was like 
doing amazing but i feel like since we last spoke you have been like killing it you're like your podcast is everywhere it's getting like so much attention so much coverage and you've had so many amazing guests lately thank you so much i've been having a great time with it too it's been exciting it's been so fun and uh and i'm so grateful that people are listening and enjoying it um i'm also obsessed with how many real housewives you have successfully had on the podcast <laughs> i've had a lot of them and it's it's always a real treat because you know there a lot of them are nuts but then a lot of them are wonderful i i, I don't know i love them all um, but I've been lucky enough to have a few of them over the house and for interviews and that kind of thing. So it's been fun. Um, we saw that you had Cynthia from Real mm -hmm. Housewives of Atlanta on recently. And Kevin and I were both really obsessed with, well, we still are, with Cynthia. Um, <laughs> but couldn't help but notice slight Nini shade maybe when you had Cynthia sign the friendship contract. Right. Sure. I mean, I felt like Cynthia was over my house. How could I let her leave without signing a friendship contract? Right. Like I had to do it. Yes. So, um, so I did. And, and she was also so sweet. And like, she, like, sometimes when I interview the housewives, like they're not as willing to kind of play ball with like the absurd questions or, you know, the absurd things, but she was totally game to do anything. And, and she was so sweet. And so she did sign a contract and I have it framed and she did throw some shade at Nini. Even in the interview, she was like, you know, saying some, some stuff about Nini that was very interesting to me. Uh, so yeah, their relationship is not good right now. Who knows with them because it's always back and forth. And also, can I just say she's the most stunning woman I've ever seen. In not even woman, like the most stunning person, human I've ever seen. Yeah, she's like one of those models who, um, who like, you're just in awe. You're like that is a supermodel. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, those those cheekbones were just insane. Always remember how um, one time Tyra Banks was talking about how she like came up with Cynthia Bailey and how Cynthia used to be just known as the face and she mm -hmm. like didn't have hair. She just had like a stunning face and that was her thing. Yeah, Cynthia said she used to uh, have her hair really short because she was known as the face. So like, you know, she would have almost no hair up top just because people wanted to focus on her face. And truly, it's like the most beautiful face I've ever seen. That's like the opposite of how I live my life. I think I'd be known as <laughs> the hair, <laughs> like Uncle Fester, <laughs> covering it up. Right. I feel the same way. I'm always in a hat. It's like anything that'll cover the face. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to ask you about is when the whole Goodbye Kyle thing went down on um, Beverly Hills, were, did your mind go to the same place that mine went when he said, when Ken said, Goodbye Kyle, were you thinking... Goodbye, I'm off by Elizabeth Hasselbeck. 100%. 100%. Yes. I mean, how could we forget after hearing that audio recording of Elizabeth leaving the stage? Yeah. Uh, that's all I'll ever hear. Talk about cinematic parallels because. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, let's get into Ladies Who Punch, um, our first ever book club. What is your official super fan review of the book? Give us your thoughts. Uh, well, I loved it. My only complaint was that I wanted more, but but speaking of housewives, one of the most interesting things to me was something that I think we all probably kind of knew, but I, I maybe convinced myself that it wasn't true. But no, reading the book and learning that no one leaves the show, really. You know, they're fired and they're able to go on air and say, you know, I'm we're leaving. And that's kind of like housewives do that too, where 
every time a housewife is fired, they'll come out in the press and say, you know, I'm just, it's ready to move on or I'm exploring other things. And it's like, no, you were fired. So that was one takeaway that I, that I loved. I Um, knew it, but looking at like literally going through the list and being like fired, 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 it was mm -hmm. like astounding and so true about the Real Housewives. And I think it's like almost, well, not almost, but I think it is like a pride thing where no one Mm -hmm. wants to be like, I was fired. Also, wait, uh, if, so Rosie O'Donnell was the one who was quoted as saying, no one leaves that show on their own terms. Everyone is fired. But wasn't it Bethany Frankel that was the one who said that about Real Housewives? So does that mean that Bethany Frankel is the Rosie O'Donnell of the Housewives franchise? (laughs) More cinematic parallels, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Right about that and the radar fucking online. (laughs) (laughs) But didn't you guys just think it was so juicy? Like, I went in with high expectations and it still totally blew me away. Like, I couldn't put it down. I read it in one sitting. Yeah, I did too. And actually, you kind of are part of why I read it in one sitting because I heard you saying that you read it in one sitting. And then I got my hands on the book and I was like, it's possible I can do this. And then that's <laughs> literally why I read it in one sitting. <laughs> I'm so glad I inspired that. I was ignoring my boyfriend. And, and he at night that night, I got it. He was like, okay, turn out the light. And I was like, no, I'm like finishing this. I'm not going to bed yet. <laughs> it's like five in the morning. Like the sun is coming up. And he's like, turn on the light. <laughs> Yeah, I was reading it like as if it was homework. Like I was like I it was like I had a book report due the next day and I just like couldn't put it down. And the most surprising things to me, like obviously all of the sca- like the scandals and the infighting, that was obviously really interesting. But I was so I just like loved all of the little tidbits of info that you didn't expect. Like the thing about Debbie responding to the emails to the view at aol.com that to me was like one of my most favorite parts of the book <laughs> right there, there were so many little details like i i speaking of the little things i loved the the part i was i think it was star when they went to orlando and she wanted an ocean front view and they the producers had to tell her like there is no like (laughs) there's no ocean yeah i love that as well but you know what she deserves it anyway like find an ocean (laughs) and put her in front of it right Um, find a body of water yeah (laughs) so yeah what would you say were your big your like give us like your biggest takeaways if you can from the book well i loved uh i didn't expect barbara to be as cutthroat as she came across in the book and the thing that particularly stood out was Barbara planning stories in the press about Rosie. Mm -hmm. I was surprised by that. Again, like so similar to The Real Housewives. And you would think like someone of Barbara's stature wouldn't be leaking things to like page six or whatever, but here she is. Yeah, she's maybe the Lisa Vanderpump of The View. Not sure. I'm not sure if I'm ready to say that officially, but she could be. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Uh, yeah, and then the cool. other another big thing for me was just um, how much of an impact Elizabeth had on the show and also with this format. And one of the one of the things particular was that she was sort of the first reality TV star to uh, segue from reality TV into a longer career, a longer five minutes or 15 minutes of fame because of the show. Yeah, absolutely. Even to the point where people forget that she started on Survivor. She's like successfully made such a career for herself post reality TV that people just like forget that that's even where she came from. 
Mm-hmm. And this format now of people going after each other with politics and having like a conservative and liberal, it seems so commonplace today, not just on these shows, but like on uh, cable news, like CNN and, and uh, Fox News and all that kind of stuff. I feel like The View is really the one who started all of that. Yeah, and like going back to people not leaving on their own terms, I've always thought Elizabeth Hasselbeck's leaving, um, not The View, but leaving Fox was very mysterious. And I never understood why she retired from television at such a young age. And that was one of the things that was really surprising for me was it revealed that she was like fired from Fox News. Mm -hmm. And didn't you think it was interesting that they wanted her back before hiring Abby? Like, I think it was like a throwaway line or something in the book that, you know, they wanted Elizabeth back. And I was surprised that that didn't happen. Yeah, I think, I guess she just is over it, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they put out the offer. That means their head is in the right place. (laughs) Right. Right. And Meredith too, they said when they thought Whoopi was going to be leaving the panel that they, they wanted Meredith back as the moderator. And I was shocked to hear that. Yeah. Do you think that would be a good idea? You know, I, I think so. I like, I, I'd be cautiously optimistic about it. What I do like about it is that I know Joy and Meredith are really close. So I feel like it would great be a great ally for Joy on the panel. But I, I don't I don't know. I do love Meredith. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, I love Meredith. But I guess I kind of always picture if Whoopi leaves, Joy leaves. I don't know mm-hmm. true. But I just feel like they're so tight now that it's hard to imagine them not leaving together. Right. But I, would I mean, I would, see, like, I would love Rosie to be back there. And oh my God. I, that's my dream of dreams. Do you think that Rosie with the current panel would be like a good fit? Because I always thought that when Sarah was still on the panel, her and Rosie would kind of vibe and maybe that would kind of center Rosie. I just don't know how the current panel would vibe. Yeah, I think it would be super explosive and I don't think it'd be good for Rosie's health, <laughs> but I think it would be great TV. But I, you're right. I don't know that she would really have an ally on that panel at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be a mess. It would be another huge mm-hmm. disaster. But like, I, I love Rosie so yeah. much. A lot of people, including Rosie herself, saying that she came off really horribly from the book. And, like, I, I see where they're coming. I do think, like, there's definitely a lot of moments where she it doesn't look good on her. But I'm such a Rosie fan that I'm just like, yes, like, she she was a boss. She knew her worth. <laughs> but, like, I'm I think you emailed me about that when we, were t- when we were chatting. I agree with you, too. I feel the exact same way. It's like, I'm just such a Rosie fan through and through that it's like, I will stick up for her to the end. But she didn't come across well in the book. But I do admire and I really liked how in the book it explains that a lot of her um, choices that in the end ended up kind of looking bad were really her like trying to improve the show. Like she came in there and tried to do like a, a like extreme home makeover on the show. And so I don't think it was like mean spirited at all. Right. I I totally agree. And I think Rosie knows how to make good daytime TV. And that's what she was trying to do. And I think she was successful her first, that first stint on The View, because they did give her some leeway to, to make those bigger decisions and kind of, kind of steamroll through things. And then the second time she was on, she wasn't able to do that as much. And I think that's why it wasn't as successful. 
Yeah. And like you were saying, she knows what makes good TV. And I instantly thought of when she uh, celebrated the fact that Britney was leaving KFED and was mm. like confetti. <laughs> and that's like, <laughs> and I, for me, that's an iconic moment of the view that like would not have happened with any other hose. I totally agree. She knows how to do all those bells and whistle things that like other people would just be too lazy. Like Whoopi's not interested in telling production to like set up confetti, you know, be, it, with the hot, because of the hot topic. Like she's can give two shits about that. So it's like Rosie would take that extra step to make it just like a little bit extra special. Yeah, I love Whoopi, but her attitude to confetti right now would probably be like as if she had to personally sweep it up after. <laughs> Totally, totally. Who do you think came off looking the worst and who came off looking the best? You know, I thought Joy looked pretty good. I mean, at least it seemed like her hands were clean for the most part. She didn't really get too much in the muck, I would say. Uh, So, I mean, out of the main players, I think. Oh, and you know what? Also, Sherry, surprisingly to me, came out looking really well. Yeah. The moment where... um... It said that Barbara grabbed Sherry's cheeks and said, you were the most improved. I could have cried. <laughs> yeah, I I know. It made me like, I was never a huge Sherry fan. Although I did write her an email like back in the day, like when she first joined The View, I like found an email address online for her and like wrote her this fan mail. But I was still never like a huge fan of hers, you know, her later seasons. But I read the book and I was like, oh, I love Sherry again. Ready to write her another email. Yeah, I Sherry's my favorite co-host of all time, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Love her journey. I love her journey as someone who was like uh, just a working comedian and she had never voted before and then got inspired by the show to start voting and um, become more and more informed. And I don't know, the story, her sisterhood with Whoopi is like really touching. So Sherry's mm-hmm. had like a place in my heart. The story about Sherry and Whoopi going shopping together, I mean, that was a, a moment that I wanted to cry. Yeah. And I think Sherry's talked about that um, before, and Kevin and I have talked about it on the podcast, but, like, f- the fact that it was in the book, so Sherry is, like, still talking about this moment, um, really, like, was, like, really touching. Mm-hmm. And I think that it speaks a lot to both women and, like, I don't know. I just found it to be like a really, a really good moment um, in a setting where m- maybe you kind of forget that these are like nice, nice women, and ju- you know mm-hmm. they want to help each other because on TV, like, yeah, they do argue, but ultimately, I think a lot of them do just want to help each other out. You know, I thought uh, Meredith came across okay too. Like, I didn't think she, she came out of it looking pretty decent but i was surprised about lisa ling i I just didn't know a whole lot about lisa's ling time her time on the view so it was surprised to just know that she didn't want to open up about things in her personal life on air and that kind of ultimately led to her leaving i mean she called herself a fag hag and for me (laughs) that was a moment (laughs) that was the straw that broke the camel's back (laughs) yeah is there anything from the book I think it's a good comprehensive history of The View, but is there anything that was missing for you as a View fan? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was missing all the more current stuff. And I know that it was like, I understood the author's idea of condensing to the main players. But just as you guys are too, it's like, I 
have watched past the rosy years and i'm currently still watching every day so it's like i would like to know more about those michelle collins raven simone candace cameron years yeah and i also i loved how he talked a lot about like the inner workings of abc and how much the executives had to do with like who was hosting i really really loved that and then i wish that that had carried on into like the last three years of the view you know because Mm. I, I would have loved to know kind of what happened around like the, the Jedediah and those kind of like switches. I guess that would be like my one, um, my one wish or my one critique. Yeah. And it sounded, I interviewed the author, I, you guys talked to him too. And it seemed like he just didn't include that because it was just so messy around that time. So I feel like there must've been good stories though. And obviously they can't include everything, but I, I just would have loved more from that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think probably another um, challenge would just be pract- like he was probably finishing the book while that was all happening. But that just makes me hope that maybe there's like a part two coming in five years. <laughs> oh, I'd love it. Your mouth to God's ears. That's all I want. Your mouth to Barbara's ears. <laughs> yeah, because I think like the- he did tell the redemption story of The View a bit, but um there's so for me like when do you think the view started to like get traction again for me it was like when sarah sunny jedediah um were there and they had good chemistry together that's kind of when it started to pick back up again and then megan propelled it into like another dimension and i feel like Mm -hmm. there's a lot to tell there about like how the view like got back on its feet um so would you agree with that I totally agree. And actually, I remember the moment it's talked about a bit in the book of election night. And I remember watching election night on Lifetime where they had the panel, you know, doing coverage of that. And I felt like right around that time was when it was starting to get more press and people were watching it more. And that's why they ended up doing that on Lifetime, because enough people were watching and talking about it that they knew they could expand. Yeah, I also like love the idea of the view turning into a late night show. Uh, I know. Like imagine I know. on Bravo, Joy Behar like moderating. <laughs> I miss when they would do those more those after shows. Do you remember they used to do those? Oh yeah, I actually really liked those. I would love to produce those for them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we just want more view. Yeah, I think <laughs> all the panel is like so great right now. I just want to like suck up as much of it as possible and I'm like let's do panels, let's write books. <laughs> like let's have a radio show. <laughs> I know. I'm like dying for them to have this book coming out in paperback with like additional chapters. I need additional chapters. Forward by Candace Cameron Bure. Just kidding. <laughs> All of that stuff though, I wanted more Candace Cameron. Like there I'm sure she did some batshit things backstage and it was just like we got two little lines about that, you know? Yeah. Well, I think it's just up to you and I now to <laughs> produce the, the torch documentary special. I, know. I would love that like Kevin we're doing it yeah <laughs> I would love nothing more but there is so much to to tackle and even like the there was a chapter about the Rosie O'Donnell show in the book and it's like that's something too where it was pretty extensive but I I still felt like I wanted more it's just like I mean I think for people that are fans of this kind of stuff none uh, there can never be enough 
Absolutely. Like I, I, um, was a huge Rosie O'Donnell show fan. I even, I was subscribed to her magazine when I was like 12 years old and I could have done with like a whole book about just that and about her relationship with Oprah, because there, there is a part in the book that talks about how her and Oprah had kind of like made a deal between the two of them to do Mm -hmm. one show. And that blew my mind. And I was like, I'm ready for like an eight part netflix docuseries only on that right or, or um even after rosie left the view the second time and then she moved to own i feel like there's a whole lot of story there because i watched it on own and it, it that was such a mess because it started off on this big stage of a show and then it turned into like the larry king show where it was just her and a person in a small room and i know there must be good stories there i know i actually really loved both iterations of that show me too do you remember that um, before the second or before the own talk show, she did Rosie live on NBC and it was a variety hour and it was it was terrible, but I wanted more. Right. And wasn't it like fresh off of leaving the view? So she was like in a weird. Mm-hmm. And that, too, was on a huge stage. I remember she did a duet with Gloria Estefan about like wanting to eat mashed potatoes, you know, from her first Christmas album. <laughs> yeah. But it was insane. It was an insane hour. And I loved every second. Yeah. And now maybe we can look forward to Anna Navarro doing a duet with Gloria Estefan on The View. (laughs) I would would die. Well, I don't know. Was this in the book or maybe I just dreamt it? But uh, do you remember when Raven and they would do weird things like karaoke on The View? Yeah, they did do an episode like that. That, I don't think that that wasn't in the book. Maybe I just like looked up a clip on YouTube or something. We haven't, Kevin and I haven't discussed this ever since we went to New York, but I just remembered when we went to The View, there was like a big sign backstage that said karaoke in neon lights. Now I'm wondering, (laughs) like, do they just have that backstage ready to go in case (laughs) Anna decides to like, like bless us with uh, Gloria Estefan? when they when they need uh, some content you know they're filling up the airwaves now i just watched uh was it yesterday's or a couple days ago where they did that shark tank show right and you know there's some episodes and some segments where it's like we're just filling time and this needs to stop like i just want them doing hot topics although i will say i have ordered things from view your deal have you ever ordered anything no when you i forget <laughs> we tweeted something that was like a picture of people sleeping and someone was like what are they watching and we said view your deal and then you were like actually i've ordered things from view your deal <laughs> I, i've ordered like multiple things and let me just say like up front i hate that segment but i do watch it and i've ordered a lot of things like they always sell nest candles which i love a nest candle and they're very expensive but they'll sell them for 50 percent off and so whenever I see a view your deal, I like my fingers are crossed. Like I'm, I pray that I'm going to get a Nest Candle offer yeah. because it's the best price on a Nest Candle you can find. I grew up like watching the view in daytime television, but also the shopping network, which is like the equivalent of QVC for you guys. And mm-hmm. so it's like you would think that view your deal would be the perfect combination of TV for me. But I just like I can't I just can't get into it. It needs a little bit of a revamping. It's true. And then the Shark Tank episode, it was like, it, I didn't need a whole fucking episode of, with the Shark Tank cast. It was too much. You know what? It's kind of, I hate, um, so Kevin O'Leary is on Shark Tank, but for Canadians, he was on the Canadian version of the show, which is called Dragon's Den, and it existed before Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. Kevin O'Leary ran for office 
in Canada. What? And it was a very bad idea and he failed miserably. So like, I don't really like seeing him on The View promoting Shark Tank. It's a little triggering for us Canadians. Yeah, he, like, I get it. he was really feeling himself for like a couple of years and thought that this would be like his Trump moment, but it failed really, really miserably. Um, so I had no yeah. idea that happened. Yeah. So mm-hmm. think about that next time he's on the <laughs> Don't you think also, this is a total aside, but don't you think they need to have Ramin on the show, the author of this book? Well, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I can't decide what the strategy for the view is there like do you think that's good pr you know I, maybe because i just selfishly want to watch it because i feel like it'd be explosive but i do you're probably right that it wouldn't be like great pr for them yeah i think it would be i think it would be good pr in the sense that it would so like people are already talking about it so much and i think people like there's so much um online about it that people are maybe tuning in like maybe because mm-hmm. that I don't think it would be bad PR um but I think maybe there are like certain hosts who just like wouldn't be into it like I don't know if I don't know what what joy and what yeah. would think maybe it's too like it's like too much of like breaking the fourth wall I actually think it would have been helpful for Whoopi to be interviewed in the book I think she would have come across better if she gave an interview not that she didn't really come across like a monster or anything, but I just think it would she would have come across better. Yeah, and I think people are such big fans of Whoopi that they would love to just like hear her story and her words. Yeah, I think Whoopi just marches to the beat of her own drum and was just like, I don't feel like it today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just loved it and I would encourage everyone to read it. Like I was, even though my expectations were so high, I still found it so compelling. And my hope is that either this author or other someone else tackles like live with Regis and Kathy Lee, like that whole live show or Rosie O'Donnell or the today show. Like I want more of these kind of things because I think the behind the scenes is so fascinating. Yeah, for sure. I think it's fascinating um, for people who like are interested in pop culture and who are interested in work in TV. But also even if you had like never seen the view before, this would be a compelling read. And everyone in the news is talking about the bigger things, like the Elizabeth and Barbara fight. But like we talked about, some of the little details that are so compelling Mm -hmm. that it's like they're not really getting the press as, you know, the more explosive stuff. But there's still really good little nuggets in there. Well, I'm so glad that we got to talk to you. You are one of the few people that really understand. You talk about the view the way that everyone talks about Real Housewives. And I'm hoping that with The View having such a moment of being on trend, people will realize that it is just as compelling, if not more, than Real Housewives. And it's it's like alternate universe housewives. With totally. Politics. And I love you both. I love your show so much. So thank you for having me. And also, I totally agree. Like, The View is one of the most compelling shows on TV. And I think anyone who sort of sleeps on it, even if it, even in its off years, it's still some great TV. And I, I think, I don't know what it is. Like if people just have a, a, I don't know, misconception of what the show is, but it's always good. And there's always so many things like underneath the surface bubbling up that are great TV. So I think everyone should watch. I, I'm shocked that people who watch Housewives like don't get into the view. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like 
yeah, it's Housewives for the daytime with, um, you know, hot topics and politics. It'll be right. great. And an Academy Award winner. An Academy Award winner plus Joy. And then, yeah. And Megan, too, is like, she's so such a so combative with those people that it's just like it is housewives like that's what you're watching they're just yelling at each other it's great yeah um before we say goodbye i just personally wanted to thank you for doing god's work trying to get um drop dead gorgeous online (laughs) i thank you have i that's absolutely my favorite movie and i'm lucky enough to own a dvd copy because i found it in a five dollar bin at walmart like 13 years ago (laughs) Like, yes. little did I know it would become a collector's item. I know. It's a relic. And I was so upset about the whole thing because I was told that it was coming April 1st to Hulu. And then I was informed that they pushed the release date. So it is coming. They did tell me I'm allowed to say that it is coming. But they didn't. They said they're going to let me know and exactly when it's coming later this year. But I, I was disappointed because initially they did tell me because I did a whole episode about Drop Dead Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. They said... I can announce it. And so I did. And I felt so stupid because then they were like, oh, we pushed it. It was like so, the worst April's April Fool's prank. I know. In the world. I know. And then everyone was yelling at me. I still am getting angry messages oh online. Like, what was that April Fool's prank? And I'm like, no, like, it was Hulu told me. Respond to every message with the gif of Brittany Murphy yelling, gay. <laughs> I mean, isn't that not the best line reading of all time, Absolutely. like in any movie? Yeah. And thank you so much for talking to us about ladies. Thank you so much for having me. Congrats on the success of Everything Iconic. Oh, thank you. Yes, anyone wants to subscribe, it's Everything Iconic. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you. Great to talk to Danny and great to talk to other people about the book. If you've read the book, or you know what, even if you haven't, send us your thoughts on Twitter. Follow us at Deja The View Pod. Thank and even if you just have thoughts about um, anything. Yeah, <laughs> at Deja The View Pod or on Apple in our ratings and reviews. Yeah. And so, what's on the horizon for Deja The View Pod? Well, um, I'm gonna be in the hospital for a while because <laughs> Beyonce <laughs> is releasing uh, her documentary next week. And then as soon as I get out, I'll get straight back to watching The View. And Appropriately timed, though, The View is on hiatus yeah, they know. this week coming up, which I think they knew and they planned for Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was really nice of them. Um, I will be at the theater watching Kira Knightley in the aftermath mm-hmm. um, from 6 to midnight every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of that. (laughs) I'm just really happy for you. I love Bend It Like Beckham. Thank you. And on that note, have a great day, everyone. Thanks for listening. And take a little time to enjoy. Lisa Loeb. Now write about that in the New York fucking post. GOP, come join the hunt. (laughs) GOP. Do you even know the words? Yeah. I'm bringing Huntsman back. Is that all you know? Yeah, even though I listen to it every time, I don't remember the words because anything r- even slightly related to Justin Timberlake, I black out of my mm. mind every night before I go to sleep. Hit it, Abby. That's all, folks. See you later. John Huntsman, the real job creator. G-O-P. Join the hunt. G-O-P. G-O-P. We're bringing home.